this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For, and I'm beyond blessed to have John here with me. John has become such, you're a soul friend. Like, I just love everything about you. You're such an amazing human that I am blessed that my listeners get to learn more and get to, this will be a growing episode. So anybody that's listening, this is a, we say to be a hot human, humble, open, and transparent. And this is what he's coming with at fire. And I'm just, I'm blessed for you, John. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Emily. I feel like we're old friends. We've been together for a long time. It's it's a great connection and I'm honored. Well, thank you. So John, before we get started, if you could just tell the guest a little bit about yourself. Um, so who is John? Yeah. So. Um, uh, husband of 41 years um, with Don, who's fabulous, um, father of three, um, all three of, uh, of whom are married, and uh, grandfather of four, uh, just the most amazing thing. Professionally, uh, th- then I um, got in the world of college athletics um, as an administrator d- doing um, academic support was really one of the first that got into that field um, and um, spent uh, 30 at the University of North Carolina, went to the University of Minnesota for three and then back to Carolina for an, another 12 um, and, and just loved it. The last um, eight years, I've started my own business in leadership consulting. Uh, and that's how I've got to, to meet you, Emily. And um, my main client is uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, where I do leadership consulting and uh, personal development type stuff. So, yeah, that's a quick nutshell. Maybe not so quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's awesome. And that, yes, that's how we met is through the Pirates and my dear friend now, uh, Dr. Andy Bass and, and Bernie Holiday. Like, I love those men. They are they care about people and they understand the people side of performance that you, you got to have leadership. You got to have um, that self-awareness. You have to be able to just learn and grow to get them to the top level where they want to be. And, and I argue, I'm like, just give them, give them a few years. They're going to get there because they're one of the few that I've seen. They're actually investing in people and really working up on character Yes, skill obviously matters, but it's just it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And I love seeing it. So the show is called Unapologetically Bold. John, what are you no longer apologizing for? Well, I'm uh, for um, losing my reputation. Uh, I, I'm not sorry for losing my reputation. So long tell story. me more. Yeah, so it's a long story. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll try and give you the, the highlights and then you could take off from there. Um, 
So I had um, that long career in college athletics um, and, and, and was benefited so much from it. An incredible array of, of colleagues and um, especially student athletes that I came in touch with because I got to work, uh, especially in the first half of my career, directly with the student athletes and, and love that. Uh, the latter part of my career, I became more in the administration in and ended up as a senior associate athletic director at, at the University of North Carolina. Um, in 2010, there was a scandal um, with uh, extra benefits associated with uh, Carolina football. That morphed into an academic um, scandal. Um, a professor in the um, African-American and African studies department was giving an inordinate number of um, uh, indiv independent studies to students. Uh, a lot of student athletes were taking those courses and it became uh, national news. I was the contact um, between athletics and the academic support program at that time. I wasn't the director, but the contact, the academic support program reported to the academic side of the university. Um, but uh, so all the decisions about those courses, the supervision, et cetera, was on the academic side, but the academic side doesn't sell newspapers. Um, <laughs> and so they went hard after athletics. More non-student athletes were taking those courses than athletes, but they only cared about the athletes. Um, so the way I lost my reputation was I was, you know, tons of investigations, um, internal, external. Uh, my testimony was uh, I was aware of the courses. I brought them to the faculty committee on athletics, of which I was a uh, ad hoc member um, and I brought the concern twice and uh, both times the faculty didn't respond. Um, and when I testified to that, uh, the faculty pushed back and said, Blanchard never said that. Um, so that made me look uh, like I was hiding something, like I hadn't been truthful. And uh, it led to um, it, it led to, to me losing my job uh, eventually with a new athletic director um, who told me from a thousand miles away, I knew someone had to lose their job. And, uh, you know, I question leadership that makes decisions from a thousand miles away, but that's another topic, right? Um, but, um, yeah, so with that, Emily, um, it was the association and then my mm -hmm. name getting publicity, um, saying one thing and then me, and then, uh, numerous faculty saying he never said that. Now, if I could and not try to be defensive, but if I could, uh, those were people I considered not only colleagues, but friends, the faculty committee mm -hmm. on athletics is the advisory committee to the chancellor on athletic affairs. I was an ad hoc uh, member for a dozen years. Uh, we shared openly about how, how to best conduct 
a high profile intercollegiate athletics program on a on a campus, um, if they said, oh, I don't remember Blanchard saying that, I would have gotten it because the investigation was five to seven years after I had spoken. But they didn't say, I don't remember. They said, he did not say that. Faculty are gonna believe, be believed on a campus and athletic administrators not when the two come face to face. So um, lost my reputation, uh, lost my job. And it was like, no way could I approach the college campus looking for employment. See, that's the thing that's so in knowing that was, I, I want to go a different, like a few routes. My brain is trying to rack on this one because like for my listeners, y'all hearing this, like, how would you deal with that? Like, that's just a hard, you're, and you feel like, well, I don't want to make assumptions, but how I would feel is just lost and alone. And I know that your wife has been with you through this whole entire time. And I know that this has really helped your relationship in the irony of it all. Um, but talk about that for a minute. Whenever you feel like, and this actually is kind of ironic because somebody posted today on LinkedIn and they, they talked about how um, you shouldn't see coworkers as family. And I disagreed with that a little bit, but from my aspect, it was, I, w- I was coming from the framework that like my father, it is a family business. Literally, our coworkers growing up was family, but it's how he he had the humanity in it, and he cared, and he showed love, respect, and he was honest, and the generosity. Um, and he's also one that kicked me out. That said, "Hey, Emily, you're good at this. You're really good at this, but this isn't your purpose." So to hear your story, it, it makes me also counteract of these. Of, of people that sometimes will have their safety and, and hold themselves and just throw somebody underneath the bus. So talk to me about that. Like people listening to this, you may have, have, have a story on this too. Like think about your life. I, I think about me um, whenever I had my chat, my child out of the wedlock, uh, the man left, it was just me. And it was like somebody I loved, you know, like just left me and just, and I feel like many people have these stories. So John's may have been on like this huge scale that got a lot of publicity, but you may be feeling this too. So talk to people. How did you become better from this? Like what came from this? Yeah, what a great question. And I and I hope listener, you know, and I guarantee you some of your listeners have been through this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, pain and suffering is part of life. It's how we respond. So um, what we don't have time for is my family of origin issues, which was uh, I'm actually writing my autobiography and uh, the title of it is Don't Talk About It. So essentially, the family of origin story is don't emote, uh, don't feel, don't share feelings, lost and alone. That, that phrase you use, uh, that's kind of uh, my family of origin story. It's certainly how I felt. So, but the one thing I knew was that's a storyline that I have to change. Yeah, I, I, I have to, to flip that script for my sake, uh, for my family's sake, 
And also because that's not how God operates, right? So the, 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 the first point I would say is feel the hurt. It's okay to feel the hurt, to um, not deny, not be in denial. And I went into that and I went deep. But, and it's, it's almost something, Emily, is really interesting. My wife was incredible support, my children. Um, but no other human can really enter in with you on something like that, and, and unless they've been there. And so I will say, if there's anybody in your listening audience that I can support going through that, and they reach out to you, feel free to give them my contact information. Um, but to, to, to feel it, right? So in addition, which I was going through, um, I've, I've learned it uh, from, from a book, an author named Bridges. You have to say goodbye before you could move forward. So that was a painful, painful process, Emily, that took a long time. But the alone part, um, that's where there is a uh, tangible presence of God. And, and, and like he was in his loving fatherhood, um, in, a, in a sense, disciplining, disciplining me because he wanted to move me. And I wasn't wanting to be moved. <laughs> so he did it in a dramatic way because it, it took that because I was pretty stubborn. And essentially, I was like, I'm going to be an athletic director. That's my thing. I'm going to be a CEO over one of these. That's not my thing, Emily. <laughs> That's not who I am. And I lost touch with who I am. Because of that's why I'm not sorry for losing my reputation because God put me back into how He's gifted me and how I could what my identity is as a person, but also as a professional. And that's so powerful in the aspect of understanding who you are. And y'all, if you're listening to this, you know I'm a huge person of faith. If, and if you're still listening to this and you're not a person of faith, it's okay. We still, we still, uh, it, but the thing is you still have gifts. Everybody has gifts and you have to understand and walk unapologetically bold about who you are and understanding that is so powerful. And I think I don't take it for granted that one of the things that I've been given and, and I think I've been given it because I about died at 21 or tw well, 22, um, that I'm very heightened awareness. Like I, some people will call me an old soul, but it's just because I have, I have an extreme heightened awareness because it can literally be gone in a day. <laughs> Everything can be gone, but that, that suck built me up so much better to who I am. And so this is an interesting twist that also um, a listener had, had commented on about resiliency and how in top performance as well is how we're kind of like protecting our children or we're protecting things so that we don't feel they don't get to feel the heart of what hurts or they they they're protected from things and they're not made to pull out choices so therefore they get into real world and they lose their identity because they never knew what it was so have you experienced that? And I know that he actually didn't mention this. He was actually one of the first people to, uh, to do leadership um, for sports leadership as well. You were one of the first people to actually create 
a whole leadership study around that. And so leadership is a real is, is your baby. That's what God, I believe God has given you. That's one of your gifts. So talk about that for a minute about the resiliency, but how we're kind of stifling that through these processes. Yeah, no, great, great point. And I was privileged to be under leadership who told me that um, we, we needed to teach leadership at, at UNC Athletics. And we were the first, and I was very privileged to be part of that process. And, and you're exactly right, Emily. It's, um, you know, the experience, like your experience, how that furthered you, uh, my experience much later in life, um, to my regret, uh, furthered me. Um, and I, I think it's the experiential. So like when I do leadership, I really like to walk alongside people right and use their their experiences and and that's why sport is so great because there's failure there's disappointment uh right um you had mentioned dr andy bass who's incredible but one of the things he teaches in practice you've got to build in failure is he ground balls right to the second baseman uh you know so he can just be a hundred percent all the time yeah stretch them out because that's how we grow. That's how we grow is through failure, right? So one of the things that 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 uh, got me through was Viktor Frankl's book, you know, and Search for Meaning, right? So there is so much, whether you're Christian or not, um, so much in these principles, right? And and Frankl um, was a Holocaust survivor, for those of you who don't don't know and he talked about the gap between stimulus and response all right and in that gap is our choice and that's and and in our choices comes our opportunity and our freedom but the 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 point is in hard times we have to realize and own that we have a choice and that choice is how we're going to respond um, I had to learn the hard way through this UNC situation because I think I've responded well, but it really took me a long time. <laughs> it really took me a long time. I hadn't been used to grieving properly mm. for a long time. And uh, quite frankly, I, I tend to be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so I hold on to bitterness. And that was hurting no one but me. See, this makes me think of one of my loved ones um, had a very traumatic event and also uh, truthfully hasn't has had a traumatic upbringing, too, in, in some sense in my in my or a traumatic, a very painful upbringing. Um, but that it's like you could see this person just isolating themselves and just like going off. And like I had a conversation uh, with my mother about this, about this certain person. And it's like, I just don't see a smile anymore. It's like, I don't see, it's like, I, all I see is a shell. Did you feel that? Did you get to that point? Yeah. 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 Uh, my daughter-in-law is a wonderful person. Um, uh, and, and she met me kind of right where this was going on. And she talked about that and I think she's even used that word uh, a shell of who I am now um yeah and part of that Emily was again my story was 
uh, I had never really grieved like the loss of a sibling uh, that I experienced and not really grieving that. And, and so I almost had to learn um, that and I didn't know how to do it, but I knew I was going to stay with it. And I knew that if I was still angry, sad and hurt from UNC, I wasn't going to deny it. Right. And so I was awkwardly pushing forward. Um, but again, with a lot of support and uh, Emily, the other the other thing, and I, I know you know this is and you had mentioned this word earlier. I believed that there was purpose to it. I didn't believe it was it was completely random. And I'll be honest, it didn't help me with the pain. You know, it, it didn't help me with the suffering, but I believed in and Admiral Stockdale said this about his imprisonment in Vietnam is I believe that in, in the end that I would persevere, that I would come through and turn this experience into the defining event of my life, he says, uh, at some point uh, would not regret. And I can tell you now that, um, and it's taken a very long time, I, I will say six, seven years, that I don't regret what mm. I, I'm not sorry, <laughs> you know, I loved your time because uh, uh, of what I learned, the process and knowing all along that there was purpose to it. Mm. See, and that's so powerful. And, and for my listeners, y'all, if you've heard many episodes, you, you have probably heard me say this a good time or a good bit of times is that it's about turning your mess into a message. You know, it, it's or you go through a test to have your testimony like you got to pass these tests. You could fail them, make F's. But you, well, I guess that wouldn't be a failing or you make a D in them. Still, it's still a passing grade. It doesn't mean that you got to be an A plus. In them. And then also patience. That is something I feel like is such a common theme on all of these, because you have to have patience, one, to understand yourself to so that you can be unapologetically bold and walk out in your greatness. but also. Two, so that you can reflect, <laughs> like you got to have, like you said, time to grieve. So, John, hearing all this, what is people? I want to end on a like a, a positive note. Not that this was negative, but I think it's such a it was a, it was a hot. This is a very hot conversation. It's humble, open, and transparent, and that's what I love. But I know you. I know how happy you are. I know, like you went through hell, but you know, I just like meeting you and your wife and just the love that y'all have for each other, just how y'all just walk. You just ooze with like this, I guess, positivity, like you radiate awesomeness in, in my, is how I would say it. But talk to people about how do you get to where you are after going and not just letting it crumble you and just deplete you? Well, again, uh, the, the belief that there was purpose um, gave me uh, the patience that that you referenced and um, and just the belief that that in the end, I, I wouldn't regret this. So the rest of the story is that um, when I developed that first leadership academy in college athletics, I invited people who had copied us to say, let's all get together, see what we're learning. And a friend of mine from the University of Alabama said, 
hey, a guy from the Pittsburgh Pirates should come. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, he just really, he's a learner. He wants to learn about what people are doing. I said, well, bring him on. It, it turned out, and that was probably in 11 or 12. And um, we just really connected. And then mm -hmm. when I left UNC, he contacted me and said, um, hey, um, why don't you come out to spring training? Um, let's see if there's some things we can do together. And I said, well, since you've been here, some things have happened uh, in my story. I don't know if you frankly want to be associated. And he says, no, I know who you are. Come on out. Through that relationship, I developed uh, a work situation where, with his help, um, I, I tell you, Emily, it's perfect for me. It's like, this is what God intended me to do, to work um, in direct service, impacting individuals, small groups, even, even large groups, on uh, inspiring growth. Mm -hmm. That's how I phrase my purpose is to inspire growth in individuals and organizations. And it's just like right with my identity. It's how I'm gifted. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the rest of the story. I just couldn't be happier. And when people hear about what I do, I'm coaching coaches. Um, I, I'm, I'm coaching players. Um, I'm in the athletic world, but I'm, you know, doing leadership, which transfers anywhere. It, it's like, couldn't be a better fit. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the rest of the story, right? <sighs> there is an end to it. Um, and even if these things don't continue with the pirates or whatever, I know what I do. I know what I do well because of how God's gifted me and that's who I am. And there's such a peace with that. Mm. I love it. It makes my heart so happy to hear this too. And I hope as listeners are listening in, like you can see that it it, it is a beautiful story. And, and that's what it's that growth. And um, it actually makes me think of something else that somebody posted on again on LinkedIn, but it was about um, they, they did control burns. We, we do control burns on, on our property. And it's just that, that regrowth that comes from something that seems so awful and seems so devastating, but actually in the process, it gives you so much new life that is so ironic for our brains to even comprehend. So if you're going through some form of chaos, turmoil, reach out. First of all, reach out. If there if there's anything I can do to serve you, if there's anything John can do to serve you, and I know even my past uh, guests, they have all been willing to just be a helpful, what I, as I call it, a conduit. They pass their gifts on through. It's not a, a reservoir. They don't keep it and hold it all in. The blessings are not just for them. It, it, they believe that it's been given to them to be passed on through. So if you have, if, if you need, please, please, please reach out. But then also, um, I just also want to thank you, John, just for being so open with this. And I guess uh, we have a final two-part question. First part is, people are apologizing for losing their reputation or, or going through an event like you did. What would you say to them? Well, w one thing, I think kind of repeating what I said, I, uh, I would say uh, you're a hundred, you might not be responsible for the loss of your reputation, 
you're 100% responsible for your response. So own it, all right? Mm -hmm. And be real and grieve it uh, and, and move forward as you can and, and reach out for help. Um, and, and I will tell you this, Emily, um, the other side of the story, it, it, it's, it's positive, it's bright. Uh, the realistic part is, is I, it, the, the wounds are opened often. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had young people, in my eyes, young, uh, ask for graduate school um, recommendations for graduate program in sports administration. And I'm like, you don't want my name on that. Uh, job recommendations at colleges. You don't, I, I know you, we had a great, you don't want to be associated with me. That hurts. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to go away. Um, so I will tell you, you're in it for the long haul. Um, that's life, right? Mm -hmm. You get wounded, a scar is left. Scar mm -hmm. go away. But um, there is light. Um, it shines in the darkness. You can get there. Um, be real. Be authentic. Grieve it and own your response and ask for help. It's hard and don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beautiful part of it, too, is, yeah, I, I do see which I'm out of it. But I think this right here shows your character. It shows your heart. It shows you. And, and I think and, and I think that's the other beauty when people actually get to know people instead of doing um, that's the one thing I do with um, any big team or big people. I don't Google them. I don't want to know the news about them. I don't want to know anything about them. Just because it, it gives me a painted biased picture and I don't get to know the beautiful soul that's in there because if people judge me on my past experiences, I wasn't the best. Actually, let's go, Frank. I was a horrible human. <laughs> um, and it is from the transformation that I've seen come from that, that I am so blessed that um, I get this opportunity and I'm blessed that I get the opportunity to talk to you, John. And thank you so much for your time. And so for anybody that does want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you or find you? Yeah. Um, so just email me, John Blanchard29. Um, I'm an old athlete. We keep our number, John Blanchard29 at gmail.com. Um, and, and let me uh, just say at the end what responding to what you just said uh, is John Wooden and uh, probably others who have said reputation is what other people think about you. Character is who you are. Our yep. reputations aren't as important as our character, right? Amen to that one. And that's so that is that's the perfect thing to end on because I think so many people put our identity into what other people think about us instead of owning ourselves and understanding who we are, who we are designed to be, and what for for me personally, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the gifts that they've given me, which is not a that's not a reputation that I. It's not what God thinks. It's, it's, it's an inward soul. It's an end thing. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But it, it, it's just a thing. Uh, so, but I want to thank you again. Thank you for all that have listened in and all that will listen later. Y'all are amazing. I'm so blessed for you. Um, have an amazing day. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for 
if this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.